This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Hey guys, I thought the new year would be a good time to sit back and reflect, do another reflection episode, maybe go through some highlights of other episodes, stuff like that. Uh, But looking back, it was February this year that I started it, February 2022. Uh, When I got into this, I said, hey, I don't care if one person listens, I just want to have the conversations. Uh, And I was excited for the challenge. So, and it has been absolutely that, a fun challenge, a fun process. Uh, we're sitting at roughly 73 episodes, 74 episodes and, and 64,000 downloads, which is, is crazy. Uh, countries as far as Australia, Russia, the UK, South Africa, Argentina, uh, there's even one download in Vietnam. So to the guy in Vietnam, hello. Uh, no, it's been a, it's been a fun, fun process an enjoyable process, uh, through it. And I, and I hinted at this in my last episode is it inspired me to say, Hey, you know, you're sitting across from 30 to 40 people saying, why aren't you doing something with this? And eventually you look in the mirror and ask the same thing to yourself of why aren't you taking this to another level that you know, you're going to regret this if you don't. And I'd been talking about guiding forever. So I, I, my wife and kids were on board. We took two months off, went out West, did some hunting guiding. It was unreal. Uh, worked with an outfitter out there doing archery, mule deer and pronghorn guiding, helping him out with that, with a couple other guys as well. Uh, super fun and it was now or never it was our daughter's gonna be in school next fall and it was this fall or when i'm 60 and you never know where you're gonna be at that time so i yeah without this podcast this would not have happened so it's kind of cool to look back and think hey that pushed me to make that choice to to go down that path as well so um another thing i've been working through is I get a decent amount of feedback, which I appreciate it. Keep it coming. Uh, you know, I live in a bubble in these conversations. So if, yeah, feel free. And, and again, it's appreciated as well, but knowing how to handle feedback is something I've been working through, not handle, like I'm totally open to it. Um, but for any type of feedback that I've gotten, I've also received the opposite feedback. So it's just hard to know how do you handle it from like, who do you listen to? How do you know what's what? Uh, you know, any, again, positive feedback, I've received the negative side of that, any negative feedback, I received the positive side of that. For example, I've, you know, I've had people tell me, Hey, this episode was unbelievable. The best thing I've ever listened to. Uh, somebody else will tell me, Hey, I really struggled to make it through that. So again, there's must just be such a difference in what people are looking for and what people appreciate potentially. Um, so eventually you have to just go back to, your why, like what you're doing at for, stay true to yourself. That's the only answer I can come up with. Unless you had a huge trend, everybody telling you, Hey, you should look into this or, or something like that. Um, early on in the podcast, I did write down my why, even just to look back on and just say, Hey, what are you doing this for? Uh, and that went something like this. It was to have genuine conversations, share those with the world, 
uh, to learn and inspire myself and listeners, to let me be my natural curious self, to challenge myself, my guests and listeners, and to spread positivity. Uh, I think if I just approach it with this in mind and, and, and really, again, approach each as a conversation and just let me be curious, let me pick their brain, whatever it might be, uh, I think that's the, the right path. But just that I've been working through, not even looking for answers, but just talking through it of just knowing, hey, I appreciate it. Like, please send me that constructive criticism because, again, I'm just living in a bubble here. There's no way that I can know how things are received on the outside necessarily. Uh, so I appreciate it. But just talking through not knowing how to approach it necessarily um the last time i did this i had a i had a similar message through doing this i've talked to 72 73 people uh, a wide array of interests political interests uh and, and you get back to the same thing as we're all so similar there's a ton of divisiveness out there a ton of things that try to pull us apart but at the end of the day we're just humans we're all looking for the same thing uh and i still feel that Another thing I've, I've really been feeling a lot lately is the momentum, like momentum of your life, of your, your family's life, your community, the country, whatever it is, that can go in a positive or a negative direction. And I think it's down to the individual level to really make a big impact. So if you're moving on a positive momentum in your personal life and spreading that out around you, I think that it has a huge, huge ripple effect into the circles around you, the community around you, and that can spread out from there. So working hard to do everything you can in your power to have positive momentum again internally within your circles i think that just makes a huge difference that's just something i've been feeling a lot lately and then also you can feel it going the other way is if somebody's a a very negative person bringing everybody down uh causing issues within circles that if you can be the one to counteract that and maybe help that person out or, or give a counterpoint or uh, something to just to, to bring that back around and get everybody moving in a positive light and, and saying, hey, what are we here for? I just think that makes a huge, huge difference. That's something I've been feeling a lot lately. Uh, so above all, just thank you to everybody. Thank you to the listeners. Uh, thank you to the guests, the people that are willingly putting, putting themselves out there. It's, it's appreciated. It's not easy to do. I do think when we're in this setting, I've, I've told people this before, when we're sitting down, there's microphones here, we're, we're having a chat, but two minutes in, three minutes in, the microphones are gone and we're just chatting and it, and it feels exactly like that. Uh, but yeah, no, I really appreciate the guests that have put, put themselves out there. And again, the listeners, all that kind of stuff. So also a big thank you to everybody who suggested guests. I really appreciate that. Uh, to date, that's how it's gone. I started an, an initial list of people that I want to talk to. Uh, then since then, I've had a lot of people reach out and say, hey, thanks for doing this. Here's somebody else you should visit with. And just organically, the list has grown and grown. Uh, so I appreciate that. Keep those recommendations coming. Uh, here will be... I did this last time as well, and I think it's a lot of fun to do this. Here is some snapshots, some highlights, a little snippet from each of the episodes since the last time I did this. If you do hear something you want to look into, like if you're wondering what episode this came from, shoot me a message, let me know. I can I can send that over to you. Otherwise, again, thanks, guys. I'm excited for 2023. Uh, should be a lot of good uh, episodes that will be coming out. I'm excited for some of these future conversations we've got scheduled, and we'll go from there. Thanks, guys. Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. 
Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. There's this big old rock cliff. You know, the river was pushing against that rock cliff, and you could see that You, we better get out into that river because, you know, even from 800 yards away, you could hear the water, and, it, you know, we, we, didn't, we knew we didn't want to be anywhere near that cliff. Yeah. So at that point, I had the oars in the oar locks paddling, and then each person, you know, front and back, they're using those other paddles to paddle us out. And then we're, you know, when we went past that, we were probably 100 yards out into the river, so it wasn't like we were in danger at all. But even from there, you could see the water just pushing into that rock cliff and it's like that you know right there is like okay we need we need to pay attention to what's going on here and uh the guy says he op- i open he opened the door for me he said i heard you're the timpkin expert yeah and i said i said <laughs> chuckling a little bit i said you know so i go down there and the basement's kind of it's a low basement probably only six feet and dark dark and now there's a boiler over here. I actually I didn't know it was a boiler. And here's a water heater, oil water heater, and they all look alike. Yeah. And I said, "Wow, this ain't good." You know, I gotta know. <laughs> and they got, you know, for a long time there's no sound at all. So the guy says, "Everything going okay over there?" So I, instead of being at one place, if I'm on the wrong end, he's gonna wonder what the heck. So I go right in the middle. I, you know, I say, "Oh yeah, I just checking things out." And uh, so anyhow. Well, that went over good now, yeah. 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 So then there was the, uh, Eno Kopi, the Kopi Oil, he had an oil business, and, I, and he was a nice, real nice guy. And I asked him, would you explain uh, some of the do's and don'ts, because I'm a, I'm a greenhorn, I, yeah. and, and he showed me. Is there, like, a higher arching theme behind that? And I guess I'm going to phrase that, like, I frequently think about child development just through i was a child i have children myself i'm exposed to other kids relatives stuff like that um and wonder to myself how important is somebody or like my current viewpoint is somebody being engaged in that child's life in their school and asking them Mm -hmm. about their homework whatever else and positively reinforcing them and whatever else makes such a huge impact yeah and that the total removal of somebody or even even on the degree, like the far removal or total removal of somebody being actively engaged in that kid's life and really concerned and they see them makes a huge difference. But being removed then is detrimental in the other direction. Is that kind of, is that part of what it is too? Like letting yeah. them be seen and letting... Well, you're, t- you're touching on a, a number of things there that, that we focus on in possibility development. One is this core research finding that has really influenced the field a lot over the last... 30 years um, that, and this is from the, a subfield of psychology called resilience, you know, how people become resilient. And one of the things we've learned is that an important influence of one adult, one caring adult outside of your family hmm. tends to predict positive outcomes. Wow. Just one caring adult. So that could be a teacher, could be a coach, could be someone else who's come into your life. 
But if they are consistently supportive, um, the, the research has shown very clearly that the outcomes for a person, for kids who have those types of people in their lives are much better huh. than those who don't. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's the ultimate. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're working 15-hour days up there, but it doesn't feel like work, Yeah. you know, because it, it's that fun. We got, we got an awesome chef that cook that we use but she likes to sleep in so sure. me and the girls will get up five in the morning and we make breakfast usually mm-hmm. and then she'll get up about eight when everybody's out fishing and she works her butt off till 10 o'clock at night or you know mm-hmm. making stuff dinners and rolls and just, you know everything but so we yeah we're usually working from five in the morning till 10 at night or you know doing whatever needs to be done and it just don't feel like work yeah I got to the top and I looked down and, you know, just the amazing view of these valleys down below. And I just started to cry. I was like, Michigan made it. I said it to myself. I'm like, look what I just did. This little Midwestern girl just climbed to the top of this mountain. I have no crew. I drove here by myself. And, you know, I was born premature. They didn't know if I'd make it. And I just made it to the top of this mountain. And that was just life-changing like i couldn't believe the emotions that just hit me when i got to the top of that mountain just just started bawling and then i didn't even notice there was another couple up there that had just been hiking and they you know you know i'm covered in salt and sweat and everything and they thought i was like dying because i'm sitting there bawling (laughs) i'm like i'm just so happy they're like okay we thought you were hurt (laughs) but that that was definitely my my highest mount my highest moment right there but for you, obviously, it's been where you're going as deep as you can on yeah. a personal level, right? To yeah. get as good as you can and, and really, really getting technical about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. And I actually laugh about this because we were, I don't know if we were on a guy's trip somewhere or something. We were talking about this podcast. Right. And we were talking about what would you talk about? Yeah. You know, what would you What would you want to talk about? And um, everybody was saying their stuff. And I went home after that weekend and I was like, man. I would love to talk about golf. Yeah. And my wife laughs at me because <laughs> that night I couldn't fall asleep. I, I was deep in the game thinking about uh, the club face connecting with the ball and how that plays into the physics of it all. And right. since then I've become uh, even more deep into the game. So thank you for that. My yeah. my, my wife not may, may be so thankful. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah no, yeah. I've, I've, it's been awesome. So. At the Naval Academy, it's interesting. I had a little personal revival because I had a kind of a hard time at one point. And I remember going for a walk and just literally, literally uh, getting down on my hands and knees and saying, oh, you know, I need help. This is, you know, I'm not going to make this. Uh, And I like to say this is that it's a God's honest truth. Like a week later, I met my wife. Okay. Mm. So that was like God's answered prayer, right? You know, because then with that, because she's you know of course so squared away and so it always has been and very much more like such a good influence to like to help you with that kind of stuff help you answer the big questions and mm-hmm. so so a little revival and then here i am i'm up in the mountains in afghanistan and and with some of my best friends and i'm like this is this is great yeah and uh other than you know you gotta take care of your business and take care of your buddy next year and complete the mission mm-hmm. and then uh on july 19th 2009 uh we went out to help a, a unit that was out that was under fire and uh we got in a, a pretty large uh tick or troops in contact and uh during this 40 50 minute firefight i got hit in the chest with a rocket propel grenade uh, in the front armor 
uh, took off my right elbow. Uh, I, I got banged up on the little, a little bit on the inside. I was blind for, I don't know, 13, 14 days. Uh, the cornea burns on my eyes. And uh, coming back from that was probably like the big defining moment. You know, you always look for adventure. You always look to, you know, test yourself and uh, to measure yourself on, on what the rest of the world has. And for me, that was probably like one of the lowest points, you know, I was leaving, you know, all, all my guys and, and that I serve with all my friends, you know, over there and then coming back and the rehab to that, you know, I've got an artificial elbow that uh, they they worked on at the Walter Reed and the Mayo Clinic. I got a phenomenal doctor at, at the Mayo Clinic. Uh, and they, I got it, and I stayed in the military. They're gonna, oh, hey, yeah, we're gonna med board you out. And I'm like, well, I'd like to stay and finish my contract. I told them I'd give them six years, and and it just kind of spiraled. And it's like, well, if you can't do your PT test, you can't do your job. We're gonna kick you out. Mm-hmm. One armed, I figured out how to do it. I've never failed a PT test. Uh, went to designated marksman school. Um, learned to fly drones. Um, all kinds of really cool stuff. Went, got to go to Latvia a few times. And Germany and met a lot of friends and do some training missions over there and we got in there and we let people come pick our blueberries on our bushes and stuff and my father-in-law we were building still building his house at the front of our property farm and we uh my wife said well he, my, my dad's been in the basement the house is probably going to be a mess and and uh like oh, I really don't care I just want to sit down on an actual couch as silly as that sounds and yeah and just breathe just relax and when we got home uh, right off the bat, you know, there, we opened up the door and there's fresh, somebody delivered fresh blueberry muffins. They were still warm that morning. Yeah. And then about nine o'clock, you know, we were only there for an hour and knock on the door. Hey, we, we just seen you drive in and we got to, you know, pick your blueberries. We brought you a blueberry pie, uh, city of Houghton. When we pulled in, uh, our, we got a pretty good sized yard. The whole yard looked like a golf course. Hmm. It was the jet Lucchese. It was a ducky Mackey's from, uh, city of Houghton they brought out the mowers and they made sure that our yard was was perfectly kept uh through Joe Bakovich and Milton and Tinka Nimi uh we we made a lot of firewood for older people and then you know we'd barter for uh well we made your firewood with no expectations getting anything back but they wanted to do something nice for us so they gave us some vegetables and Hmm. so we had like five or six families older couples that we make firewood for let alone did uh our friends and the hockey community and the local community make our firewood for four or five years. They made everybody else's wood for them, right. for us. Huh. So, and, you know, again, it goes into, you know, the people that you hang around, the community that you live in, and the morals and the value of those people. And, you know, it, am I different than nobody else? No. Yeah. I'm, I'm not different. I'm just very fortunate that we have the friends and the community and found ourselves where we are in life at this particular time. So. Yeah. Jumping around, which yeah. is good, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm curious for you, you said you had some moments where you struggled thinking about uh, what other people thought of the massage portion of the school. What were those times or can you, can you, like, can you more express so what that when was? I was? Yeah, like opening my own massage business, I think okay. in the earlier days. And maybe because I went through that in the earlier days, the massage school hasn't been as big of a thing for me. Okay. Um, so like in the earlier days of like opening my um, massage practice, I think it was more of like, what are the people, like I hope people don't think that I think I'm better than people because I have my own business. Yeah. Cause that's not true. Like I just think this works really good for me and I don't mm-hmm. want like the at home moms who stay at home to be like, 
wow, she thinks she's better than all of us mm-hmm. or whatever. Like that's so far from the truth. I just want people to, you know, so I think, I think I kind of worked with that a lot. And then also growing up, my mom was always home and mm-hmm. that she found that to be very important. And I agree it is. Um, so and I think I had that internal of like, how do I break this mold of like, it's okay to work and it's okay to be a mom mm-hmm. and you can do both well. Like it doesn't mean that you're, I don't know, gone from your family all of the time and only working, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a job, there can be a balance of both. So it's just looking at it and saying yes to each of you and how can I balance you out so everybody is thriving. Right. And, uh, you know, try and troubleshoot the airplane, switch tanks, look at the magnetos, trying to figure out, you know, why this airplane's not climbing. In fact, the airspeed is, is, is uh, decreasing and uh, eventually hit the ground uh, and uh, my head went through the windshield, which is hard to do, yeah. uh, but you hit hard enough and your body stretches and the airplane shrinks and, uh, and uh, the worst part of it was the airplane blew up afterwards, just yeah. like they do in the movies. Right. Uh, so I was inside this huge fireball uh, because of all the gasoline I had in the, in the airplane, everything blew, burst and broke and, uh, climbed out of the, out of the side of the airplane through the door that still worked after wrenching my foot out from underneath the r- rudder pedals while I was on fire. And I fall down in the dirt and, uh, then I tried to roll and put the fire out on me cause I had gasoline on me too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that didn't work. I quickly within, I mean, a 10th of a second, I just went face down in the dirt and, uh, Waited two seconds, rolled over my back, and noticed that the fire had gone out on the front of part of me. Mm-hmm. So laid down with my back in the dirt and waited two seconds. I sat up, and the airplane's really close. So it's only 20 feet away. So the heat was tremendous that I could still feel from that big burning, uh, all that gasoline on fire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I noticed that it was still... Uh, my left knee was still on fire, so I took my two hands and put out that fire on my left knee, and then I looked up and my head was still on fire. So I put out the, with my hands, put out the fire on my head, which was probably my hair burning or something. It's still at that point. Yeah. And then I tried to get up and walk away from that huge hot fire and my legs collapsed because they were broken. And I rolled down the side of the mountain, you know, another 50 yards or maybe even a hundred yards. Uh, and uh, lay there, I kicked, kicked my legs around as broke as they were to get my head higher on the slope than my feet because I wanted to stay conscious yeah. uh, for self-preservation purposes, you know, and because uh, the woods were about to catch on fire. And uh, I looked up at that airplane burning up there and I said, just, I was exhausted. Like I'd f- played two games of football, just completely worn out, broken legs, broken left arm. Uh, my nose and bottom lip had been cut off in uh, uh, 20% third degree burns later noted in the hospitals. Uh, and I looked up at that airplane burn. I said, that's it. No more hunting and fishing and little airplanes for me. From now on, it's South Sea Islands and Pina Coladas for this dude. Mm-hmm. I said that. Right. It's almost like it's a poem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, of course, I healed up and I continued to have adventures. But uh, that was that was a close call. Unreal. That's crazy. Took me so, five months to heal up from that. Yeah. When you hit the ground, you're, I mean, like you picture in the movie, a, a, a movie of a plane crash, like trees ripping by you and, and that, or how did that? No, the airplane, uh, so 
it was I was flying so slow trying to find a clearing amongst these trees mm-hmm. that I was just above a stall with not much engine producing power. It wasn't producing much power. And I stalled it over the top of this one last dead tree that I was trying to get over the top of because there was a small clearing on the other side. I'd push the nose over the airplane as it stalled, trying to get flying speed back. And then before I hit the ground, I was pulling back on the stick, trying to get the nose to rotate so there'd be some semblance of a landing. Well, I was so slow that the nose wouldn't move. Yeah. At least in the amount of time I gave it. And I hit about 30 degrees nose down with whatever speed I had. And just the airplane just bounced, just nose down, bang, bang. And luckily the engine didn't come into my lap. Right. Because airplanes in that situation sometimes crinkle Mm -hmm. and then you get really bad broken legs and, and things. Uh, so at any rate, I was able to get myself out of it. Yeah. I wasn't trapped. Right, right. So, but, and you started the story, you were with a friend, is that right you said? Well, he was watching me take off. Okay. So he got to the crash site within a couple of minutes. Yeah, because he heard it all happen or what? Oh, yeah. He he saw the flames and smoke coming up and he was yelling, uh, at the fire. He, he showed up at the yelling, Kramer, Kramer, you know, because he thought I was in the fireball. Right. And no, I was 50 yards or whatever I was away from it, maybe 100 yards because he couldn't see. Yeah, probably 100 yards yeah. where I'd rolled to. And I just raised up my hand and said, down here, William. <laughs> so what would you like to hear? I, I was going to ask if you would rather me sing a song that I wrote okay. or a Dolly Parton song, a Dolly Parton cover. Um, probably a song that you wrote. Okay. All right. So... um. This is, I think, one of the first songs I ever wrote. I wrote it a decade ago. Okay. And it's still pretty relevant, so. Flowers are for people who have lots of love and patience and time on their hands. No, I won't sit around to watch him grow I'm off again, here I go, I'm gone See you around I never wanted a flower garden I just want Dogs are for people not like me who don't mind a little responsibility in their life. Mm-hmm. And I love dogs as much as you, but I can't have one because I don't want to. Never wanted a flower garden, I just want highway. I'm happy to be 
wherever I am in the moment. That's awesome. <laughs> For real, that's good. You said 10 years ago? Yeah, about, yeah. yeah. I, it was one of the first songs I ever wrote, so. Okay. So what, 17 years old, 18 years old, yeah. roughly? Yeah. Um, that fits everything we've been talking about. Yeah. So you, you said you're way different then than you are now. And maybe you are in like expressing it, but it feels like you knew that was within you, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I guess you're you're totally right. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I still feel all that. So yeah, and and obviously that can be the case with a with a spinning rod yeah. on a river too. But it feels like like you said with the fly fishing, it's a, a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's another part of it is uh, is being able to. Uh, like I say, use the, use the flow of the water and the energy there to, you can literally steer your, you know, you can just throw your fly straight out the river and then start doing some ends and boom, you're next to the bank of that. You're yeah. standing in the middle of the river, you know, right. you can steer that thing. You see a log over to your left and you can cast to the right and a few men's you're, you're over there, you huh. know, and, and you got that thing just hanging out right there, you know, right. or try doing that with a, with a spinner. Yeah. You can't, you know, right. And uh, one thought that came to me just now was uh, <clears throat> I had brought my uh, boy out one of the times there, and and uh, you know a few cat. It might have been the first time taking him out. A few uh, casts in there with the fly rod. You know, I'd tell him strip it in or whatever, and then tell him you know you don't have to bring it all the way in. Just pick it off the water, throw it back out, and he would just fire it up on that. that yeah. Oh, you can get way way more casts in. You know, like just quicker to get get it back out there. You cool. know, your your fly is you know, it can be 10 feet out, whatever he can handle and then pick it up, put it right back to that same exact spot. You know, yeah. you ain't cranking that spinner all the way back to the rod, you know, 10 feet in front of you is probably pretty useless of yeah. a fishing ground, you know, but you're, you're reeling that thing through there, you know, every time. Right. I guess, can you get into why you got into the military? What did that come from? And I'm curious if that plays into that. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so in fifth grade, again, he, that teacher planted a lot of seeds of like that the military is very positive. Mm -hmm. I didn't per se think I was going in at that point, but there's always that it could be an option. Right. Um, and then nine 11 happened and I was in eighth grade. So young kid. Um, and I remember, you know, just the teacher knocked on the, someone knocked on the door, the teacher opened the door and she had papers in her hand. And I remember like just vividly these papers falling, hitting the floor. And it was like, for whatever reason, it, that noise of papers hitting the floor like impacted me at the same time. Cause we had heard, you know, that, that the buildings were bombed and that as they said is bomb, but it's mm -hmm. obviously airplanes. But so we watched the video for a while that day for a few hours, went home and it was just such a somber, just tone in general. And I, I believe it was a God thing just because I didn't know anybody that was actually affected. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was just convicted that like, if, if our country is attacked and these people are hurting, like no one really wants to go to war in theory, but I'm like, well, at eighth grade, I had this weird burden that was kind of placed in my heart to go and serve to protect those that couldn't be served. Mm -hmm. The journeys you've been through, a lot of people don't want to because they're too intense or, or what do you mean? Yeah, they're, um, well, I guess really big trials. Um, part of our story is kind of from the loss of our son. Mm -hmm. And so going through grief um, and then me now understanding how important it is to when you are grieving that your physical health should be in a better place because then it maybe could help you to be able to grieve in a healthier way okay so i believe that um after we lost our son 
I had two biggest prayers and they were both granted that we would, for one, grieve in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And then number two, that Steve and I, our marriage would be able to withstand the loss of a child because unfortunately, statistically, it's a really high percentage of marriages don't don't make it through the loss of a child. Uh, and, and it's totally fine if you have to just shut me down, you can't talk about this, but is there some pretty large uh, instances of deception that you've seen where you find some like, uh, like out of a movie, some large attempt at fraud or something like that or embezzlement or anything that you've found through those years? Can you talk about that? And um, you- I think I can, I won't name names, yeah. but there was one in particular that was really a large sum of money taken from a bunch of individuals that were incapacitated so they relied on this person as um, a trust a probate officer to take care of their financial situation Mm -hmm. and this person um, had a number of clients that would she would take money it was the way she did it was a little convoluted and you had to follow the the direct path of the the money Mm -hmm. and i was working with a detective so whenever i found something suspicious he would go out and investigate it further okay but um she would buy hay okay so somebody in a convalescent home or nursing home doesn't need to purchase hay right she had horses Mm-hmm. So the hay was obviously for her and not for her clients. Right. But you would see a lot of, and it was all done through money orders. So we'd have to go and find out who the money orders are paid to and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but any kind of fraud that could be perpetrated, she pretty much did. Right. Doubling up on expenses. You know how you get a double receipt sometimes when you buy some food at the restaurant? Sure. So she would turn them both in and claim them for meals Hmm. um but you know it's you also have to blame the person who's reviewing it for letting it go through right and i remember one time she had the local unit paid for her to go to a conference and she ended up leaving a couple days earlier Mm -hmm. and told them to send her the refund check for that so Hmm. she didn't pay for it but i can't believe that the hotel paid her for it right Short time after that, the psychologist calls me in and she grabs me, looks me dead in the eyes, gives me a hug, starts crying. And she's like, you have no idea who you are, do you? And I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, you don't know what kind of person you are. And I was like, well, what, what, what's, what's that supposed to mean? She's like, you don't know the things you're going to do. You will do great things. I had two small four by four white tails come in all the way to like five yards and they were just, they knew something was in there. I'm just this little kid crawled in a, a bush and I was too, I was so scared. I couldn't even pull my bow back. I yeah. was, I was like, I was probably seven or eight at the time. And, uh, and I, it, I wouldn't have killed anything anyway with the bow I had at yeah. the time. But, uh, yeah, like the adrenaline of having them that close. Um, I mean, I can, I can remember that day. Like it's yesterday. I don't like losing. I'm a really good loser, but I don't like it at all. Like I'll do anything I can within the rules, not to lose in anything. I don't care what it is. Uh, just kind of how I grew up, you know, um, fought hard for everything I have, you know, as far as growing up and being, you know, um, but you know, that as far, yeah, it's, uh, 
it's different. But as far as like the addictive side of it, no idea. But if I like something, I get into it pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So that's, but all this time, I was interested in country music, and I'd listen to all the DJs. Randy Blake at WJJD in Chicago was my favorite DJ at that time, and I would try to mimic him. I would, uh, I would stand on the, the bed uh, with the, my hands like the microphone and <laughs> pretend I was Randy Blake introducing records and talking about country music. Any knowledge. Sure. Like, think about things that you you know for certain is there something you know for certain like i said what do you know for certain yeah like i love my family uh, I, I really enjoy mule deer hunting um i mean i could go on right these different mm. facts i live in the up we're mm. in the united states stuff like that very factual things um i could go into things i know for certain but then i would probably could question them in this context or in this setting of what's important to you values stuff like that right how about even do you know you are you sure that your family exists sure yeah I mean, you make me second guess it, but I would say, yeah, for sure. Right. So no, that seems like one of these things where the question is, what does it mean for your family to exist? Right. Now you like this idea of, um, you're married, you have a wife, right? Yep. And so think about, do you ever actually see your wife? Yeah. That's kind of back to the whole few, few questions to go about the, uh, uh, world being open to me about what my potential is. If somebody were to say to me as a sophomore in high school that you would be, that I would be um, capable of breaking four minutes in a mile, and you know, in, when you're in college or shortly after college, I would have probably laughed and like, oh, you know, nice joke. But yeah, we're we're there, and that's that's my goal for the next for the next up for the upcoming track season is to to run in the equivalent of a sub four minute mile right um because like i said i won't have any opportunities to run a full mile while we're in season just because they're all 1500s but for simplicity simplicity's sake um 342.2 is the is the goal of what i'm is what i'm looking to do sure with with myself in this event and i'm very confident that i can do it it's just going to take the the right race the right the right training and i think all of those things can line up within the next season coming up just opening your arms just a little bit you know right right mm -hmm. and again i think i think you get some amount of kids to do or even adults right to do that sure. on a small level and that has a yeah. ripple effect yeah. right oh definitely well i mean think about it even in your friends group right if you got right. one kid who's like hey we're gonna i mean the rest of you aren't gonna be like that screw it you know right. like pushing them out you know right you're all gonna try to do the same thing right mm -hmm. so it is it's it, it is like you say a ripple effect you know you get that one kid who can do it well pull them in the other guys are gonna appreciate that and welcome him with open arms and then before you know it it's happening more and more and right. even, even yeah adults too same same thing right definitely the, I just see rack come up out of the grass and it was like right there. Yeah. So I didn't even look at it. He was quarter to me. I just clipped onto my string and I drew my bow as slow as I could. And I'm pretty sure he was looking at me the whole time. Yeah. No, so the, the, the few questions I do have mm -hmm. outside of that is yeah. one of them I even mentioned before we hopped on eventually that, so where I'm at up in the UP, yep. uh, saunas, and I, yep. I even pronounce it funny, right? Sauna yep. versus sauna. 
it's a huge part of our culture, a huge yep. part of our background, and we, we'd all told, and we're all like, hey, this is very good for your health, your yep. wellness, whatever else. And obviously, it's just one small picture, but do you have a lot of experience with that on, yeah. a, on a research house. level? And, and yeah. what's, well, what? you gotta remember, for um, if you ever look at the body as it actually, um, let's even make it a little simpler, all right? I always laugh about this because as a young mom, I'll come to me and say, oh my goodness, my child has a fever. Oh, so let me see a question. Did you ever wash your dishes in cold or hot water? They say hot, they say why, to kill germs. Well, your body naturally brings up a fever for the purposes of that, mm -hmm. all right? You can induce a fever by a sauna, you can induce a lot of things by a sauna. Um, the only thing that I do is this, is I tell guys, I'll say, listen, especially if you're in a fertile realm, do me a favor, get in a sauna, do it on a regular basis, but here's what happens, this. We need the extremes in both. We need extreme hot, we need extreme cold. Sure. But here's what happens. People do not realize this, is sperm is destroyed by heat. Okay. Okay. So I tell people, jump in the sauna, but put an ice pack on your sack when you do it. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah. And um, it's why it's why our body don't people realize this. Today. For sure. Um. So then, so it was after that second year that I that I started making those changes, and and yeah. I thought, wow, I feel like it said it took three or four months, and I felt like a whole new person. Hmm. And I went back to school that winter of my third year, and I went to my advisor, and I said, I know what I want to do. I want to be in the health and fitness field and hmm. I want to help people that were in my shoes before become the person that I am now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I found a really nice scraper when I was out there, but. Huh. Uh, and a scraper for like scraping fresh or yeah, flesh off a hide or what? Mm -hmm. You can tell it too. And some of them you can tell they're either right-handed or left-handed too. Yeah. So. Or you can tell if they're made for a male or a female of how it fits into your hand. Unreal. When I was at hockey practice and I was walking back home with the stick over my shoulder and my skates and I walked by the White Pine High School and I, I saw all the cars in the parking lot and the door was open because there was so many people in there and I stuck my head in there and I looked at a crowd of 1,500 people having a White Pine versus U and Trail Creek basketball game. I was like, oh. Yeah, I want to be in the center of that. Right. <laughs> and so that's when I was like, hmm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after basketball. Humility aside, whatever else, when did you notice you were different? Did you know at a, in elementary school, did you notice that you're like, man, some of this stuff just comes easy to me or I'm, I'm interested in this where my friends are interested in this or what? Do you remember that? I remember in second grade being interested in military history. I don't know if I noticed that nobody else was. Okay. Um, I remember in third or fourth grade whispering answers to other people so they could answer in class. Yeah. Because it was kind of... It seemed obnoxious to answer all the questions, yeah. but nobody else was answering. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, someone should answer this question. Right. And here's the answer, by the way. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you. Thank you.